each of you here today. First Sunday in the new year, we're so glad that you're here. We're very thankful that you've chosen to come and honor us with your presence today. If you're visiting, if you are looking for a church home, we'd love to have you consider the work here. It'd be our honor to have you come and join hands with us in 2018 and help us to do everything that we can to make Christ known in this community. We're going to be looking at Genesis chapter 22 in just a moment. Genesis chapter 22. I do want to make mention just very quickly, the prayer breakfast yesterday was a great success. We had a real, I think, a really good number that turned out. It was a cold Saturday, but we had a lot of folks that came, and it was great to be together. We had a period of fellowship. I had some good food, and then we had some very specific prayers that were offered to God, uh, especially as it relates to the new year. Uh, we do want to encourage people to make this a year of prayer. Spend time every day praying to God and reading His Word. And if you'll do that, I promise you, you will be blessed. I want you to look with me, if you would, for a minute or two, to Genesis chapter 22. Our lesson text today, Genesis chapter 22, as we think about the theme, unconditional surrender. Many times we talk about unconditional love. The fact that God loves us unconditionally. And I've said before, and I really believe it to be the case, I don't think that you can really understand unconditional love until you have a child. Until you have somebody that is bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh. And then you understand what it means to love somebody unconditionally. What's it mean to surrender our lives unconditionally to the Lord. I think, we, I think we have a great example of that in Genesis chapter 22. When we come to God, literally what we are saying is, God, I want you to be the master in my life. No strings attached. I want you to use me to your glory as you see fit. And so we surrender ourselves to His will, to His way. Everything that we do is done in an effort to bring Him glory. So let's talk for a minute or two about what it means to surrender ourselves unconditionally. I want to begin by calling attention to Genesis chapter 22. We're going to be talking about the faith of a man named Abraham. Now you recall Abraham was identified as the friend of God. Abraham became the father of the Hebrew nation. God had said to him many, many years ago, In you shall all nations, all families of the earth be blessed. That promise was ultimately realized in Jesus. And so... When you look at Genesis chapter 22, first of all, you come face to face with the challenge to Abraham's faith. Here's what the writer has recorded. Verse 1. It came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham. And he said to him, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And the Lord said, Take now your son your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah 
and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains which I shall tell you. Let me just begin by saying that the call challenged Abraham's faith. You ever thought about the fact that when it's all said and done, you really don't know how strong or weak you are until your faith is tested. It's one thing to talk about how strong we are as a Christian, how much faith we have in God. But sometimes when adversity strikes, difficulties come, problems mount, our faith is tested. You recall James in James chapter 1. Said, Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, and there are purposes behind the trials of life. Those purposes are sometimes they can be used as stepping stones to maturity. In other words, the various trials and difficulties that we have can lend to the building and the maturing of our faith. That's why he said, Knowing that the trying, the testing of your faith works patience, perseverance. In other words, tough times can make or break your faith. In 1 Peter chapter 1, Peter talks about the trying of your faith being more precious than gold, though it be tried by fire, might be found under praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, in this context, Abraham is being tested. God is putting his faith to the test. So I think first and foremost about the challenge to his faith, the call that challenged his faith. But then there's a second thing, and that is the call cost. It cost his faith. Listen again to what is said. God said, take now your son, Abraham, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Now I want to ask you a question. Can you imagine being asked to sacrifice your child? It is inconceivable to me to think about offering my child as a sacrifice to God. Totally inconceivable. And yet God said, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, the son whom you love, and I want you to offer him. How many of you are parents here today? Are you a parent? Raise your hand. If God said to you, I want you to take your child and offer him as a burnt offering, could you do it? Could you do it? I asked Jared this week. Jared, if the Lord were to ask you to offer your child as a burnt offering, could you do it? Think about that. It's inconceivable, isn't it? 
Not only is it inconceivable, it is incalculable. How much worth do you place on your child's head? You got a dollar amount? What kind of value do you place on the child that is literally the bone of your bones and flesh of your flesh? Many years ago, I had a friend of mine who had a child that was a patient at St. Jude Hospital. I remember talking to her on one occasion, and she said, they have already spent $2 million on my son's care. $2 million. And she said, it hasn't cost us a dime. Would you say your child is worth $2 million? I can tell you what, her child was worth $2 million. And I would go so far as to say if they had spent $10 million on her child, that would not have been enough to save his life. So what about you? If God said to you, I want you to offer your child, the very child that you love, as a burnt offering, could you do it? Could you do it? That's what God said to Abraham. Abraham, I want you to take your son, your only son Isaac, the son that you love, I want you to offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you. Could you do it? The challenge to Abraham's faith. There's a second thing I want you to see, and that is the compliance of Abraham in faith. Listen now to what is recorded in verse 3. So Abraham rose early in the morning and saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son. And the Bible says he split the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. Let me just pause here for a minute. The preparation. When God told Abraham, I want you to offer your child as a burnt offering, Abraham began by preparing his hands and his heart to comply with the will of God. The hands that had held that baby, that had embraced that child, the very hands that split the wood and readied himself to offer his only son. Not only did he prepare his hands, but he prepared his heart. Because I really believe that when you talk about Isaac, you're talking about the heart and soul of that home. Somebody asked the question, how do you know that? Remember back in Genesis chapter 15, when God told Abraham that his seed would be as the sand of the seashore, God was going to use Abraham in a great way. And God would use Abraham to ultimately bless the world with the Christ. Through his lineage, the Messiah, the promised seed of Genesis chapter 3, verse 15 would come. And then over in chapter 17, when God told Abraham and Sarah, in your old age, you're going to have a child. Now, initially, Abraham and Sarah didn't understand the promise that was made, and so they tried to help God out. And they got a handmaid. 
and had a child by the name of Ishmael. And that didn't work out so well. Abraham didn't fully understand the promise that God had made to him. So here's God coming to Abraham and Sarah in their old age, and he's saying, look, I'm going to bless you with a child. So then God brings this child to fruition. And now God is saying, all right, Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that child, that son of promise, the very son that you love, that's the very heart and soul of your home. I want you to take him and offer him as a burnt offering to me. Can you do it, Abraham? Yes, I can do it. He prepared himself. Prepared himself to serve the Lord. Unconditional surrender. And then what about the migration? The Bible says, on the third day, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place afar off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey the lad and I will go yonder and worship and we will come back to you. Notice if you would, the plural there, we will come back. For three days, they're on their way to one of the mountains that God said, I want you to go and sacrifice your son. What do you think Abraham's thinking about for three days? What kind of thoughts do you think he was wrestling with on that journey. I can tell you what I'd be thinking about. Day one, I'm going to be offering my son as a sacrifice. Day two, same thing. Day three, exactly the same thing. No turning back. You ever thought about that? For three hard days, they're making this journey. Every day, distancing themselves from home. But no turning back. Now, think about this. When you became a Christian, did you not say, God, I am fully, unconditionally surrendering myself to you? Is that not what we said? Yes, we did, right? And we sing the song, no turning back, no turning back. Have you turned back? Have you turned back when it comes to your time, your talents, your treasures, your thoughts for the Lord? Are you where you ought to be in your spiritual journey? Yes or no? It's black or white, either yes or no. Not a hard question. When you signed on to become a child of God, you basically said, Lord, I am yours. And you use me whatever, in whatever capacity you so choose. You use me to do what? To be a blessing in this world. You help me to be the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Is that you? Abraham, no turning back. What about you? In effect, you said no turning back as it involved your worship to God, your work for God, the will of God, the word of God, everything reigns supreme. God, it's all about you. Is that your life? Have you unconditionally surrendered your life to the Lord? So I think about his preparation, his migration, and then thirdly, his oblation. That is, his offering. 
Listen, if you would, to what he said. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering, laid it on Isaac, his son. He took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the Bible says the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. And he said, Look the fire, the wood. But where is the lamb for a burnt offering? And through the eye of faith, Abraham could say, My son, God will provide for him himself the lamb for a burnt offering. And the two of them went together. No turning back. We're in this thing deep, aren't we? We're at the designated place. Now we're ready to do what we have been called to do. And so the Bible says they came to the place of which God had told him and Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and he bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar. Now you talk about laying everything on the altar. Two things here. First, Abraham gave what had been blessed to God. Wasn't it God that said, Abraham, you and Sarah in your old age, you're going to have a child. And through your seed, through your descendants, the whole world is going to be blessed. Yes. All right, Abraham. I want you to offer your child as a burnt offering. I've blessed you with a child now. I want you to give him back. Not only was Abraham willing to offer what had been blessed to God, but he was willing to offer the best to God. Could I ask you a question this morning? If you were to sit down with a financial advisor, and begin going over your portfolio, your, your financial portfolio, what would he say is your greatest asset? The home you live in? Your land? Your stocks? Bonds? Gold? Silver? What would you say is your most expensive asset. Could I tell you that what most people might typically say is not the answer I'm looking for. Your greatest asset is not monetary nor material. Your greatest asset, it's your family. Everything is bound up in your family, right? I mean, look, you can lose the house, you can lose your stocks, your bonds, you can lose your job, you can lose a lot of things. But to lose a child, to lose your family, some of you know what that's like. To lose the heart, the soul, the focal point, everything. You've been there, and you know the cost. Well, let me tell you what, Abraham was willing to give God the very best. So I ask you today, the very first Sunday in the new year, 
Are you willing to God? Are you willing to give God your best? Have you given Him your best? You signed on to be a child of God. You said you want to be used by the Lord to be a blessing in the lives of other people. Are you giving God your best? Yes or no? Is God getting your absolute best? Is He? Is He getting everything? Did you know that if He's not getting everything, then He's not getting anything? It's an either-or proposition. Either He is or He isn't. So what is it? Are you giving God the absolute best? Let me tell you what. When Abraham, when he made that trek and got to the mountain and then laid the wood in order, built this altar and put his son on that altar, let me tell you what, he left everything, everything on that altar. That which was blessed and best, he was willing to give it. Now what about us? How often do we say, yes, but, or I would, but? That wasn't Abraham, was it? No, Abraham said, this is what you've asked for, and God, I'm willing to give you the absolute best. I'm going to give you everything. How many times in life do we throw God some crumbs and act like we've really been doing something in the kingdom. We throw a crumb here, we throw one there, we throw one over here. We're not giving God the best. You think about how blessed you are. You have been blessed to give your best. God had blessed Abraham, yes, unquestionably. And now God said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to give your best. Give it back to me. Could you do that? Have you done that? Is God getting your absolute best? Is he? He got Abraham's best. Thirdly, we talk about the challenge to Abraham's faith, the compliance of Abraham in faith, and then thirdly, the compliment to Abraham's faith. God paid a tremendous compliment to Abraham. I want to begin by, first of all, citing the provision. In verse 10, the Bible says that Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him, and I believe that is a reference there to the Christ, the second member of the Godhead. And the angel of the Lord said, Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. The Lord said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now drop down and look very quickly at verse 13. We'll come back to verse 12. The Bible says that Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and there, behold, was a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it for a burnt offering instead of his son. In other words, a substitute was provided. And you think about sin and what it's done to the human family and how we powerless to do anything about the power of sin in our lives and yet Jesus did what? Vicariously, He took our sins. He gave His life for us. He became our 
substitute. He became our Passover lamb, if you please, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 7. And the Bible says, Abraham called the name of the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh. As it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Now you think about the rich provisions God has blessed you with. Has God provided for us? Yes, he has. An adequate sacrifice? Absolutely. A sacrifice that can fully, adequately satisfy every spiritual need? Yes. Paul said you're complete in him in whom is the head of all principality and power. Everything you need is in Jesus, isn't it? He paid the price for you. So we talk about the provision, but note the praise. Look at verse 12 again. The Lord said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. Now listen, for now I know that you fear God. Since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. Note if you would what he said, you've not withheld your son, your only son. I thought he had Ishmael. Yes, he did. Isaac was the son of promise, wasn't he? And God had said through Isaac, all nations of the earth are going to be blessed. God paid a tremendous compliment to Abraham. Now I want you to see something here. As a result of Abraham's obedience to the will of God, a promise is made that not only will his descendants be blessed, but the world would be blessed, and that blessing includes you. Do you know that? Listen, if you would, to what is said. Verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time out of heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, in blessing, he said, I'll bless you. In multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Now listen to him in verse 18. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. Here's what I want you to see. Because Abraham obeyed God, because he was compliant to the call Isaac would be blessed. Jacob would be blessed. David would be blessed. We're all blessed. Now you think about your physical family right now, your biological family. Your family, if you're obedient as a mom or a dad, if you have unconditionally surrendered your life to the Lord, then your children are going to be blessed. And they are blessed because you have bought in, you're all in. If you're not living an obedient life to God and you haven't bought in and you're not all in, let me tell you what, your children, they will pay a heavy price for your disobedience. Do you understand what I'm saying? If your life is not what it ought to be, your children are going to suffer for that. Abraham had the presence of mind to obey God, and God said, look, I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to bless the world through you. 
through your obedience, you, you can be a blessing to your family, to your friends, to everybody you come in contact with. But only, and I want to stress this, only if you unconditionally surrender your life to the Lord. I'm going to close with this question. It is a yes or no question. Have you unconditionally surrendered your life to the Lord? As we begin the new year, I want you to answer that question. Have you unconditionally surrendered your life to the Lord? It's either yes or no. No in between. No yes buts. No maybes. Either yes or no. What do you say? What's your answer? What's your answer? Yes or no? I want you to think about something. Sometimes it's not what you do today, but it's what you do every day. And so you think about you think about the fact, if you have not unconditionally surrendered your life to the Lord, you may say, well, you know what, I don't see a problem in my life right now. My children aren't suffering. Well, let me tell you what, just because you don't see it today doesn't mean that storm's not brewing. And I promise you, what you don't do today, it will come out down the road. The flip side is, what you do today can bless a lot of people. So, are you a Christian? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? If your answer is yes, would you repent of your sins like they were commanded to do on Pentecost Day, Acts 2, verse 38? Would you confess the name of Jesus before others like the eunuch did in Acts 8, verse 37? Would you be immersed in water so that all your sins can be washed away? Acts 22, 16. Would you live faithfully for the Lord, knowing that God will bestow on you the crown of life, Revelation 2, 10. If you're here today and you're a Christian, and honestly or truthfully, you can say in your heart of hearts, you know what? I haven't unconditionally surrendered my life to the Lord. Could we pray with you and for you? Won't you determine right now, first Sunday of the new year, won't you say right now, I'm done with the way I used to live. I'm all in now. So we stand and sing.